Morning, church. It is good to see everybody here in worship, both on site as well as those who are joining us online. My name is Bill Birch. I'm one of the pastors here at Northside. And today is the first Sunday of Advent. It's a four-week period in which we prepare for Christ coming into the world. And our Advent worship series is entitled Modern Christmas Movies. We're going to be unwrapping the gospel in film. And some of our featured movies are going to include Christmas Vacation, pray for me on that one, Home Alone, as well as Christmas with the Cranks. And today we're beginning with that green-furred anti-hero, the Grinch. Our gospel lesson comes from Mark chapter 1, verse 1. As you're able, I invite you to stand in honor of the reading of the gospel. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you please be seated? How the Grinch Stole Christmas is a classic Yuletide story. Theodore Geisel, better known as Dr. Seuss, published the book in 1957. Then Chuck Jones made it into an animated special in 1966. Since that time, there have been three feature-length films about the green-furred grouch, and I think everyone knows the plot. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Oh, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. But whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve hating the Who's. Staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown at the warm, lighted windows below in their town. For he knew every Who down in Whoville beneath was busy now, hanging a holly Who wreath. And they're hanging their stockings. He snarled for the sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas. It's practically here. Then he growled with his Grinch fingers, nervously drumming. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. 
You probably remember the next part of the story. The Grinch goes down to Whoville and he tries to steal Christmas from the Who's. He takes away the ribbons, the tags, the boxes, the bags, all of the external trappings. But when the next morning dawns, he realizes he's made a classic mistake. He took everything that Christmas was not. This morning we are beginning our Advent journey towards Christmas, towards the celebration of Christ coming into the world. And if we are not careful, there are grinchly forces out there that will steal the spirit of the season. Because the world about us can outgrinch the Grinch. It can outscrooge Scrooge. And we will discover that the merry and Christmas and the happy of holidays is gone. But it's not just out there. It's also in here. Because one of the reasons the Grinch is such a popular story is that the holidays evoke our inner Grinches. And it's for a variety of reasons. But a season that's supposed to be merry and bright, we may discover to be dreary and drab. It can be physical reasons, dealing with illnesses, chronic pain, continued fear of the pandemic. Psychologically, we are grieving over all that has been lost over the past 20 months and more. Financially, for many, this is a season that straps them. For others, it is relationally, and this probably got emphasized at Thanksgiving and will through the holidays, some of our relationships are not what we want them to be, and other relationships are broken and torn. Spiritually, we all struggle with materialism and consumerism and all the other isms in this world. And I always think, too, that we enter the season with unrealistic expectations that are built up by the media. What we want is a Norman Rockwell Christmas in a Courier and Ives setting that is suitable for a Hallmark Christmas special. And we envision chestnuts on an open fire, Jack Frost nipping at our nose, carolers at the doorstep, children around the Christmas tree, some turkey and some mistletoe and let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. What we oftentimes get is a Clark Griswold Christmas vacation. Most of us wouldn't know a chestnut if Jack Frost did bite us on an extremity. Carolers are off key, the children are fussing, the turkey won't thaw, and after 24 hours in Georgia, we've had enough of let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. And we find that Grinch rising up within us and we feel like our hearts may be two sizes too small, and we begin to wonder, isn't there something more? And I would say to you that question is a good question for, of all people, the church, and for Christians to ask, because it drives us beyond the trappings and the external forces about us and causes us to look deep within if you saw the 2000 Hollywood film starring Jim Carrey as the Grinch, which I do not advise, it was awful. But there is a touching moment uh, when a young girl sings that Faith Hill song, Where Are You Christmas? And Cindy Lou Who discovers that ultimately Christmas is not about the ribbons and tags, the bows, boxes, and bags. 
It's not about what's under the tree. It's not about what's in the stocking hung by the chimney with care. It's not about what we order online. It must be something more. And there's a strange character that helps us to remember that this day that we met in our scripture lesson today in Mark chapter 1, and his given name was John. But we better know him as John the Baptist. And if you've read the story before, you know John the Baptist was uncouth, uncultured, and every other unword you might imagine. He was rude, crude, socially unacceptable. He wore a camel's hair coat and a leather belt that was hardly the height of fashion. His diet was locusts and wild honey that did not make him a foodie. But the man could preach. He was an old-fashioned, seat-kicking, hellfire and brimstone, let the chips fall where they may, prophet sent from God. And he stood in a unique juncture in the biblical history. He was an Old Testament prophet proclaiming a New Testament coming. He stood with one foot in Malachi and the other in Matthew. And his job was to prepare the way of the Lord, to prepare the coming of the Messiah or the Christ. But he didn't offer cheap outs or easy grace. When people came asking for baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers, sons of snakes. Who warned you to flee from the judgment that is to come? You must bear the fruit of repentance or God will cut you down like a rotten oak tree. And he called the people to change, to transform, to be different from who they were. He was the one that Isaiah had foretold that would be a voice crying in the wilderness to make straight the Lord's paths, to fill in the low places, to level the high ones, to make straight what is crooked, to prepare the way of the Lord. From the moment I entered ministry and began preaching on Advent, it always struck me as odd that John the Baptist is typically featured in the first Sunday of Advent selections. It's odd because John the Baptist's ministry, what we're reading about today, occurred decades after the nativity. John the Baptist was the one who prepared for Jesus' public ministry and eventually baptized the Lord in the Jordan River. And yet it's the essence of his message that is at the heart of Advent that we're called to hear. Prepare the way of the Lord. I came across a poem as I was preparing for the sermon that tries to mix Scripture with Seuss, And I'll let you determine how successful the author was. He wrote, The Grinch and the Baptist in this agreed. Christ's coming is no reason to celebrate greed. There's nothing that fills them with anger internal more than preparation which is strictly external. The Grinch, of course, learned this through bitter experience from stealing whose Christmas things out of their homes hence. And when they held hands and sang carols that day, His heart grew three sizes and still is that way. You have to get ready, John knew from the start, by clearing the clutter down deep in your heart and make a straight pathway for Jesus to come, to rule with his love and to set up his kingdom against all the show of the tinsel and wrappings that hide the true meaning behind the false trappings. All flesh must be able to see the new day. They say with one voice, prepare ye the way. 
I'll ask you a question that's very popular during this season. Are you ready for Christmas? I know some of you started preparing back in July. Seriously, get help. Others will be scrambling on Christmas Eve trying to find just the right gift for that special someone. But most of us have started. We've done some decorating, maybe sent some cards. At the minimum, maybe we've made a list. I've told you before, I love lists. There's just something satisfying about first writing a list and then being able to check off the items as you do them. In fact, there are sometimes I will do something I haven't written down. I'll go back and write it down just so I can check it off. And there's something extremely satisfying about, about laying down on Christmas Eve and knowing that everything is done. Well, this morning, I want to add four things to your list. Four things that will help us to prepare the way of the Lord and make this Advent a time that prepares our lives for Christ's coming. The first is to focus on our own spiritual health to practice spiritual disciplines and devotions that prepare our hearts, our minds, our hearts, and our souls for God's presence. Because probably over the past months, there's some things that have begun to clutter up our lives that don't belong there. Sinful habits, worldly thought patterns, habits that we've gotten into and we didn't even realize it. And we need to open our lives and come to God in honesty and prayer and say, Lord, allow your spirit to fill my spirit and help me to discern those things that are displeasing in your sight. In other words, what's sinful that needs to be removed and what you want in my life that would be pleasing in your sight. In other words, holy things that need to be added to create a daily quiet time, a prayer and meditation and a Bible study. Pick up Dr. James Johnson's devotionals as you leave today or read them online. Find some way to prepare your heart personally. If you visit the sanctuary and see the way it's been decorated for Advent, you will notice on the lectern and on the pulpit there are pyramids or claws that are purple. Because traditionally in the church, Advent, just like Lent, was a time of penitence, of somber reflection, and purple was a sign of repentance symbolically. Where do we need to repent of our sin? Ask for forgiveness and allow God to replace that with holiness. Secondly, how does God need to speak into our relationships with our family and with our friends? I said earlier that one of the reasons we struggle with the holidays is because oftentimes we're forced to face those relationships in our lives that are broken or not what they ought to be. I say this every year to a lot of different people, and I say it half humorous, half serious. I say the holidays are that time of the year when we get together with family, we studiously avoid the rest of the year. Oh, come on. I'm not the only one, right? Well, maybe I am. <laughs> Where in our relationships does God need to do some mending? And realize I can only control my side of the relationship but where do I need to say I'm sorry and to build some bridges and to mend some fences? And how also can I and we extend the concept of family beyond just biologically those who are related to us to those who God has placed into our lives? How do we tend them, nurture them, love them as Christ has loved us? A third way that we can prepare the way of the Lord is through worship. 
together in worship on Sunday mornings during Advent to hear the old story told over and again. But we have some extraordinary opportunities coming up as well. Next week, our children will lead us in the hanging of the greens. And then we have a service of hope and healing for those who are struggling with grief. In a few weeks, our chancel choir will present the Messiah, the Advent and the Christmas parts. We have a Christmas experience for our families. We have Christmas Eve services. Find a way to center yourself in worship and immerse yourselves in experiencing God. But let me also remind you that our preparation is not just internal. That we're also called to serve God and to serve others. So the fourth thing on your list is how will I serve others in the days to come? I was so proud of this congregation. Last week we highlighted the Murphy Harps uh, Christmas tree outside. All the ornaments are gone. And Northside will almost exclusively provide Christmas for these boys and girls at the Murphy Harps Children's Home. If you didn't get an ornament, it's not too late. They still need gift cards, and there's some lists and your highlights, and we can give you some more information. We need people that are going to help deliver the gifts and prepare them at Murphy Harps. There's ways to serve in that way. Habitat for Humanity, our bill begins at the end of January. We're still signing up volunteers. You may want to support it financially. Maybe there's a ministry in your own life that you've supported over the years, and you have a chance to pour more of your time, more of your energy, more of your resources into it. Do something. Reach out to someone. Realize there may well be somebody in your sphere of influence that if you don't do it, no one will. And that you might have the opportunity to be the incarnational presence of God in their life. And what a privilege and honor and responsibility that is. When we prepare our hearts and our minds and our souls for Christ coming into the world, when we take seriously John the Baptist's message, prepare ye the way of the Lord, miracles happen. I love the ending of the Grinch. I saw it when I was, for the first time, eight years old with Chuck Jones, and I knew even then there was something deeply theological and spiritual about the transformation that occurred that Christmas morning. And it talks about how the Grinch stood up on that icy cliff waiting to hear the wells of grief and of sorrow come from Whoville below. And it says, he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started out low and it started to grow, but the sound wasn't sad. Why, this sound sounded merry. It couldn't be so, but it was merry, very. He stared down at Whoville. The Grinch popped his eyes. What he saw was a shocking surprise because every who down in Whoville, both the tall and the small, was singing with no presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came somehow or the other. It came just the same. And the story continues, and there comes that moment when it says, then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Then what happened next? Well, in Whoville, they say, the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. What new thing does God need to do in your life? What new thing does God need to do in our lives together? It is time to prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. Fill in the low places. 
level the high places to make that prayer of John in Revelation, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, come. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.